Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you for waking us up, God. We thank you, Lord, for this moment, this hour that you've prepared just for us. So, Father, bring your word alive. Minister to our souls. Bring conviction. Challenge us, God. Help make us clear the areas, God, where we really need to grow in and do better. But, God, also bring hope and healing and your blessing and your favor in us. God, give us your wisdom. God, we thank you for today. Let your words speak to our hearts and our minds and our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, um, we continue on the series here in the book of James, chapters uh, 4, verses 13 through 17, and then 5, verses 1 through 6. And you're going to watch how they flow into each other. But really, the topic of today has everything to do with arrogance and money. And there's two things that James is like, listen, you can read all the book of James, you can catch all of these areas, but don't miss these two areas. You can read it and want to skip past it or skip over it. But here's the thing. When it comes to arrogance and money, it's something that we've struggled with at some time or another. It's been an area where even though this is 2,000 years ago, it still can be an issue for us today because we're always chasing something. But Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, he says this, No one can serve two masters, for you'll hate one and love the other you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And the idea is this, is that you become arrogant when you think that God can be number one in your life and at the same time you can chase all these things because we can get in such a mind, such a grind, and I'm not saying that, that finances, money isn't important, but we can get to such a place where that's all we think of. We wake up and we think about making money. We go to sleep and we think about making money. We think about what we're going to do. We plan it out with this, this, and this, and this is going to happen, and we miss because God is not number one. And today I mentioned chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. You're going to watch them flow, and we're going to see two things. And James is saying to the church, check this out. There's all these things, but don't miss these two areas. See how they can affect you persevering. So the very first thing in verse 13, it says this, come now and watch, because he says it twice. He says, come now. He's trying to get our attention. Come now. You who say today or tomorrow will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet, you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is a sin. Right, now, chapter 5. Okay, again, come now. It says this, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten, right? Sounds a little bit like the Sermon on the Mount, like what Jesus was preaching in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It says this, your gold and silver have corroded. And their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. Now, we'll explain that. It says this, you have laid up treasures, you have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. Now, who are these two things? 
You could be reading the book of James and just kind of skip right over those areas. What, what is exactly going on? But what James is doing is he's actually preaching what Jesus preached in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. He's re-preaching the scriptures. He's staying on, on, on focus. And he's talking about the arrogance that we could have sometimes of declaring this and this will happen tomorrow and not inviting God into what we're doing. And he's also talking about money, how we use it, who we've robbed, who we've cheated, and how we store up treasures for ourselves in heaven. And so we're going to really talk about these two areas today. And, 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 and so I want to look at just two points, just two points on, on what we take away here from the Scripture. Number one is this. Number one is this. It is arrogant not to seek out God in your plans. Hear me, church. It is arrogant not to seek out God in your plans. Now, again, James is writing this letter to the church. And what he's saying is that people have gotten to the habit of declaring what they're going to do without making God a part of it, without seeking his will. And it's not necessarily they're seeking, they're looking for a yes or no. I'm here in this situation. God, I need to know yes or God, I need to know no. And, 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 and certainly do that. But that's not necessarily what's happening here. See, what's happening is, is that they are simply not inviting God into what's happening in their life. They just go about, and certainly, yes, I'm a Christian, but I need to come up on here. I need to do this, do this. I need to make this. I need, I need to have this in my life. And, and somehow you got from this is who I am to way over there, and you did not bring God with you on that journey. The, tr- the truth is when you choose not to seek out God, not to make him part of your plans, he's not really number one in your life. And here's the thing about God. He, he desires only to be number one in your life. He don't want to be 1B. He's not comfortable with being 1B in your life. And not saying that you don't got to have a job, you don't go to school, you don't have family, do all those things. All those things are wonderful. Do those things. Just don't take him from his place in your life. And when someone has that place in your life, that's a priority for you. Right? You don't overstep him. God, I, I got to handle my family business. I got to handle my job. I'm going to step over. You're still there, God. But no, you don't overstep someone. You bring it to them. See, because the thing is, just as James said a few chapters ago, all good things come from above. His blessing, he desires it for your life. God's not saying, no, nah, let me see. Let me hold it back for you. No, he wants to give it to you. But so many times, brothers and sisters, we love God, but we simply step over him because we got to handle our business because we got to do what we got to do because we need to come. We need to take care of us. And we miss this part, which is so, so important. Look, look at this slide really quick. And this is kind of just like us. Hey, how about we go and do this, but you're missing the God part. You're on your way. I remember when God first called me into ministry, I was really excited about that. You know, I had come to this place of, yes, okay, God, you've called me. I want to give you my best. I want to do everything that I possibly can. God, I, uh, you call me, you ask me, and I'll do it, and I'll do it. And I was excited about that. Along that way, I began to think, well, you know what? Ministry is, I don't really pay. You know, that, 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 there's, there's not a whole lot in that, you know. And I was constantly thinking about the money. And I thought to myself, well, okay, I, I, I need to have money so that I can be able to do the things that God called me to do. And I was really struggling with that. You know, ministry it doesn't really pay. Some of you guys know I got three jobs. Like this is this. You know, it's you say yes to God. And it's a whole, it's a whole thing here. But I, I was at that place where I was like, okay, okay, what am I gonna do? Well, my family is in the trucking business, so I thought to myself, I'll buy a truck. 
I'll buy a truck, I'll hire a driver, I'll put it to work. That way it can make money so that I can be free to do the things that God has called me to do. And, 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 and that was my plan. So you know what I did? I got a loan. I bought a truck. You know what I did after that? I hired a driver, I put it to work, and it was going, and it was going, and it was going, and then suddenly it wasn't going. And then it was just, it was like struggling, it's not going, and then it was done. And at that point, I said, okay, let me bring it to God. So I brought it to God, I talked to him about it, and he's like, son, you never even talked to me about this. You had all good intentions, but we never talked about this. And he said, son, you're, trying to, you're so busy trying to provide for yourself, you're not letting me provide for you. You ever come to a place just in, just in life where you just kind of want to melt, just you're so humbled and just at that place in life? And I was at that place with God where I certainly didn't bring it to him. I had every good intention. Like I, I was doing it because I wanted to be more available for God. But he was saying, son, that's not, that's not you. We never even talked about it. You didn't bring it to me. You just thought it was good. Church, there's a huge difference between good things and God things. Where is God leading? What's God doing? Are you pursuing his will? This is what the passage says. Um, can you, in, in Proverbs 69, there we go. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Can we say that together on the count of three? This is important. Here we go, one, two, and three. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. That's important, brothers and sisters. That's important. Sometimes in making our plans without seeking God, we set ourselves back. We set ourselves back. We only hinder the process. We're wondering and waiting why maybe something hasn't happened or, or we just see a good route. Yes, I love God. Yes, I'd like, I'm here and I'd like to be over there one day. That's my dream. That's my desire. I love the Lord. But I'd like to be over there one day. And so we see a good path. And we begin to walk it out. But you didn't bring God. And it only hinders the process. And the process is important. Because in that process, God is doing some developing, some shaping, some molding, some strengthening. So that when you get to the blessing, you're strong enough to hold on to the good things that God is trying to do in your life. Church, are you following me this morning? Don't get so silent on me. Give me some amens. Come on. And we see this throughout Scripture. You know, with the Israelites, is there, God had promised them the, the, the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey and all the good things. And they were excited about that. Yes, God wants to give us something wonderful. And they believed him. But every moment, every time that God was about to give it to them, they would do the wrong thing. And they would hinder the process because they were trying to jump the gun because they were trying to get there faster than the, what God was trying to work it out for them to have it in that time. Does that make sense? And, and he tells us in his word in verse 15, in verse 15, it says this, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, okay, we will live and do this or that. If the Lord wills. Church, if the Lord opens the door, then walk through it. If the Lord bless, because listen, if he's not in it, I don't want to be in it. If, if, if God is, isn't there because he's working this out on me, if he's not there, I don't want to jump and be over there yet. I want to be here. I want to be where he is at. I want to walk in the flow of what God is trying to do. And the next part of that says, if, if we live, we, we, we well live, right? The truth is, 
We don't know about tomorrow. We don't know when we'll take our last breath. We don't know. It's, it's, we don't know. But we have every opportunity today to seek him out, to honor him. And it's so simple, yet so powerful. And, and the other thing that I want to caution you with when it comes to that, that passage, you put it back up really quick, is that sometimes, brothers and sisters, this can become a little bit religious in the sense that it could be just come this routine. Yep, if God wills, if God wills, okay, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do that. It's kind of like that. Hey, how are you? God bless you. Okay, good, good, I'm by. And, and there wasn't that genuine connection with the person. Well, sometimes with God, the very same thing. Well, if God wills, and then we just move on versus the pursuing him. God, these are the areas, the dreams, the desires God, what do you want? Not my will, but your will, right? And, and I pursue God things, but I bring them to him. Does that make sense? And, you know, this week, I spent a bunch of time really meditating on that passage. I meditated, I prayed. It was part of, part of my week where I just got on my face before the Lord, and I just kind of laid out. And there were really two things that God was leading me towards that in that time. And, and part of it was I began to pray for you all, and I was praying for a boldness, that you would be a bright light to, to, to Sacramento, to the community, to your family. And the second part of that was God reminded me about reverence and respect to him. And, and some of you guys know what my life verse is, and I talk about it a lot. You might have it memorized, but... Um, but I, I thought I'd share it with you again today because I felt like this is where the Lord is leading us. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, it, it says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. See, who you fear and reverence, you bring those things to. Right? I, I don't make decisions in my life without Proverbs 1, 7. I, I, I don't make, I, I don't lead. I, I don't do stuff with my family. I, I, I don't, I do not act without Proverbs 1, 7, without this respect and reverence for who God is. Because I can simply hinder the process of the good things that God wants to do in my life. Because if not, here's what happens. Here's what happens in verse 16. Verse 16 says this, As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. See, church, I don't want that for me. I don't want it for you. I don't want it for us. I don't want it for our next generation. Because the truth, God blesses the heart, the life, the person, the plans, the family. God blesses the church that puts him above everything else. Would we be a church that puts God above everything else? Would, would we be a family that puts God above everything else? Would we make our plans and put God above everything else? Would we, would we put our dreams and our desires, our passions, would we put God above everything else? Could we recognize the camouflage of arrogance that says, you know what? I'm going to choose God first. I'm going to seek him out. Does that make sense? And the second thing happening in this section is, is this. The financial blessings of God were meant to bless others. The financial blessings of God were meant to bless others. And I think the early church, I think they, they got that. I think a lot about that. See, when James is writing this letter, this is about 40 to 45 years after the early church has begun. Okay, so they had already held their first service. They can live this out. They loved each other. They served each other. They treated each other well. Can you look at the person and maybe a row across from you really quick? Just kind of make eye kind of look, look across. Can you see somebody else? The question I ask you is this, and I love that you love each other, but the question is this. 
Are you willing to be a blessing to that person's life? Are, are, are you willing to come alongside them? Are you willing to serve them? Are you willing to, to really go past the high? How are you? God bless you. In verses 2 and 3, it says this, Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. Right? It's, you have laid up treasures in the last days. And then it says, this, oh, no, that's it. That's the one. That's the one. Yes. This isn't a science. We all take a last breath. Here's what you need to know. None of the money you make here goes with you. It doesn't go with you. Well, you know, eternity is a long time, so i got to start saving. Well, no and yes. Because, again, James is talking from the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, he says this, the same thing. It sounds familiar, right? Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In verse 19, Jesus says, don't do this. And in verse 20, he says, do this. What is do this? It's store treasures for yourself in heaven. He says, in heaven, it can't be stolen from you. In heaven, it doesn't go to waste. So how do I store up in heaven, well, first, I honor God. And secondly, I use what I have to bless others. There was a season in my life where I was broke and had no job, and I was really struggling. And at the time, I was, I was newlywed, and I was really, you ever not had money or finances or been at a place where you were broke? And it just plays with your head, your emotions, all kinds of things happen in your life where you're not feeling good about yourself. You just don't feel good. Something don't feel right. And I remember one morning, and I was pacing back and forth in my kitchen. I was just talking. You know, I'm trying to figure out who I am. I just I feel like I got no self-identity. I was just struggling. But if you've been in that place, and I was, again, pacing back and forth in my kitchen, and in the midst of that, I felt like God spoke to me. And then shortly after that, my wife comes up to me. She puts her arm around me, and she, she says something to me that confirms what God spoke to me. And what God said is this. He says, son, you have been making deposits in a bank, and I'm going to allow you to make a withdrawal. You know, in that season of my life, not one bill didn't get paid. But I thank God for that. I experienced his provision and his blessing. In such a supernatural way. Why? Because God said, listen, son, this is what you've been doing. You're going to pull out from that. I I'm going to take care of you. I know that you feel like you got nothing, but you got me. And I got you. God is faithful and he takes care of us. And on my end, I need to make sure that I don't cheat God. And I don't cheat people. Because it only takes away from the good that I've done. And you know God sees cheating people as a big thing? In the course of biblical history, people have been cheated and God vindicates them every single time. There's this slide, which is, yeah, yeah there it is. And, and here's, here's the person and here's the people that are like, hey, you cheated me. 
Where, where are my wages? In verse 4, it says this, Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. See, the cries of people have reached God. Brothers and sisters, whatever you do, don't cheat people. If you owe them, pay them. And I know it could be humbling sometimes. I got to go and have a conversation with somebody that I don't even want to talk to. But if it honors God, you, you pay them. If you owe them, you pay them. And maybe you got to even yourself, I don't know how I'm going to come up with that. I got to make a payment plan. It don't matter. Pay them. Honor, honor God. In Proverbs 11, verse 4, it says this. It says, riches, no, right there. Riches won't help on the day of judgment, but right living can save you from death. Right living. Do the right thing. And in Proverbs 21, 20, 13, go back to that one. It says this, those who shut their ears to the cries of the poor will be ignored in their own time of need. See, this verse means exactly what it says, absolutely. But at the same time, maybe they're poor, maybe they're not poor, but maybe somebody feels like they've, you've been, they've been cheated by you. And if it's true, they've cried out to God and he's heard them, listen, let's choose to do the right thing. And again, I know that's humbling, but let's honor God. And I want to close with this. Lillian, if you can join me, we'll close here. And we're going to take communion right now. But James is like, church, at this point in time in the scripture, he's like, it's only been about 40 or 45 years since Jesus was here teaching with us. The church has been living out. All these things have been taking place. And he's like, we cannot let our arrogance steal God's place. And brothers and sisters, maybe that's what it is today. That you love God, but God hasn't had that place. And secondly, he's like, church, you can't overlook this. You have to do the right thing with your finances. Honor God and don't cheat people. And there's this theme. There's this theme in the book of James. And this theme is perseverance. And today, church, one of the things we've been talking about, maybe something that you're struggling with or something that Maybe you've been convicting, convicted by or dealing with. But I want to tell you this, church. You can overcome it. Whatever that situation is, whatever has been that thing, you know it's been kind of hanging over your head, you can overcome it. Maybe it's something we've been talking about over this series or maybe today. But you can overcome it. To think that certain things can be broken in your life, but this one thing can't be broken... No, in the name of Jesus, it can be. But you have to come to the place where you're willing to surrender to God. Make sure God is first. And don't let arrogance and pride direct your steps. Honor God with what he's given you. One of the best decisions I've ever made is, you know, first, you know, giving my life to the Lord, but is choosing to live a life where I'm okay, where God points out areas in my life where I need to grow in and I need to mature in and I need to get better in. That's a choice. You have to choose to say, God, I'm okay. God, I want to be closer to you. God, I, I, I want to be more like you, Jesus. I want to grow. I don't want to be stagnant. So I'm okay. God, if you point it out. 
And it's not like God's beating me up or anything like that. No, that's the wrong perspective. It is the perspective that, God, if you want to work it out in my life, then I want to let you work it out. Because I know you have my best intentions in mind. I know that you want better for me than I even want for myself. And if I look at things that way, then God, have your way in my life. Because I understand the enemy is always trying to attack me in these areas. So here's my challenge for you. Here it is. Will you submit to God and resist the devil by putting God first and use and by using what by using what he's given you to be a blessing? Will you submit to God, resist the devil by putting God first and use what he's given you to be a blessing? Church, maybe God hasn't been first. Maybe he's been 1B. Maybe you haven't done the right thing with your finances, whether that with God or cheating someone else. Honor the Lord. Here's what it is. Humbleness, repentance, the grace of God, and your actions to do the right thing, that's how you persevere. Let me pray. I'm going to pray for communion too. So ushers, can you just kind of uh, get it and then bring, bring it right up here in the front. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. God, there's no way we're gonna skip past what you're trying to do here. God, maybe we're here today and today's our very first day. Maybe, God, we've been walking with you for a long time, but your word is alive. God, and it's our heart's desire to honor you with what you've given us. In that same way, God, there's dreams, plans, desires that we have for our lives. God, would we choose to reverence you and invite you, pursue your will before we do anything. God, we want to see our plans succeed so that you would be glorified. Would that be our heart's motive? You would be glorified. So I thank you for your church, God. Strengthen us. Work in us, God. Help us to be the men and women of God that you've called us to be. Help us to be the church, God. Help us, God, to lead our families and our homes, God, to teach our next generation your ways. God, help us to pursue you in everything. Lord, we're grateful. If you're here today and you say, you know what? The truth is I haven't been walking right with God, and, but I want to get right with him. I need to get right with him. I want you to know that today could be the best day of your life, the best decision you'll ever make. God's love is so perfect and so beautiful and just for you, and he'll forgive you. It don't matter what you've done, how great or how ugly or how whatever happened in your life, he'll, he'll, he'll wipe your slate clean. And if that's you, with nobody looking around and say, I got to get right with God today. I want to. I choose him today. If that's you, put your hand up and then down. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Father, I pray your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness. God, whatever we've made it, Lord, forgive us. We need you, Lord. Strengthen us, Father. May we receive your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness. God, may we receive the gift of eternal life. God, help us to get on a right path with you, to choose you, to walk with you, to stay on that path, God, and to put you above everything else. Thank you, God, because your word is alive. Feed our souls and teach us your ways. And Father, right now as we take communion, thank you for communion. Thank you for a moment to reflect on what you've done. Every single one of us, God, this humbles us because you didn't have to, but you did it for us.
Bless these elements. We receive them in the name of Jesus. Amen.